Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We're doing it really relaxed in church at the moment because this started because we had shutdown. And then we were allowed a few in here and and then we, we put tables up because Kylie had the plan last year when we do the, the marriage um, night that we're going to have coffee tables set up and you bring a picnic dinner or whatever with you, snacks. You guys, some of you guys do really great snacks, you know, antipasta and cheeses and then praise Jesus. Um, I love cheeses. <laughs> and um, we're going to, but this night is, isn't just if you've got a marriage that needs help. This is so that you, you might be doing stuff that's really natural in your marriage and doing it well, but this will be worded so well and this production is so good that you might be able to identify and say, wow, that's put into words what we do naturally. So when somebody asks you, how are you doing this? How do you do marriage so well? How are you doing family so well? Sometimes we go, I don't know, it just, it's just God, I suppose, or whatever it is. But you're going to be able to word it so perfectly and say, this is what it is. This is the answer right here. And it's just, if you, um, I think we've got it coming up on the screen, but this is our job description. This is Ephesians 4.11, and it says, um, and Jesus, he has appointed some, this is a passion translation, with grace to be apostles and some with grace to be prophets, some with grace to be evangelists. See, grace, that's the unmerited favor of God, but also the empowerment of God. It has a double meaning here. And some with grace to be pastors and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling, this is it, is to nurture and prepare all, say all, all the holy believers to do their own works in ministry. Each one of us has a work in ministry. You might think, oh, no, no, I, I work in the, I don't know, a sewage farm or I work out in a block somewhere or I work. No, God has you there. God has you wherever you are. It might be for a short time. It may be for a long time. But it's so that you can bring the influence of heaven into your workplace to people just by you being an example of hope, an example of steadfastness, an example of patience in your workplace, an example of love in your workplace. Works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. I love this. As we do our part. Whatever that may be, it'll enlarge. Some of us have enlarged over the COVID time, got the COVID cushioning, got the pandemic pudding. No, yeah, I have. But, you know, like this enlargement is expansion for more growth, expansion for more capacity. Enlarge and build up the body of Christ. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness, harmony, unity in faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to be intimate with the Son of God. Not just know about Him, but know Him so intimately that we hear His little whisper. We hear that little voice of His Spirit speaking to us. That little direction change, that little caution that little, he, some, sometimes we say God will have to write it in the stars and, and a big explosion and thunder for me to believe. And it's like, no, 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 no. 
God says, I've already put myself in all of creation, so no one has an excuse to, to know whether or not, from the infinitely small to the infinitely large, God has revealed himself to all mankind. People have made doctrines and you know, science as a religion now that believes that it knows how everything came into existence, but they don't because their, their very understanding is flawed. Evolution is flawed. The process is flawed. But the problem is that if they acknowledge, because they know that there's design, because it's so per- we are so perfectly designed in harmony with our planet that we get all the nutrients, all our healing comes from the soil, comes from plants, because God spoke it, every plant, every seed-bearing thing, I will give you for your food, not just food, but for, your, for not just nutrition, but your healing as well. So, but the thing is that if science acknowledge that, then they have to acknowledge that there is a designer. If we're designed, there's a designer, and that designer is actually a redemptive God calling us into relationship with him. We want to do this so that we, as it goes into verse 14, it says, And then our immaturity will end, and we will not be easily shaken or troubled nor led astray by the novel teachings or the false doctrines of deceivers who will teach and clever lies. We've just had a season like that, haven't we? There's been a lot of stuff going on, a lot of things said, a lot of distractions, a lot of noise. God reminded us throughout the year, foundations of rest, foundations of rest. Not that we're doing nothing, but that we would be in harmony and in peace and in rest, knowing, God, you've got this. Because he said, Jesus said in the last days, there will be perilous times in the last days. There will, be, there will be catastrophes all over the globe. And we're seeing it. Natural catastrophes going on. And it says, don't look down at the earth. Lift your vision. Look up because your redemption is near. Our promise is that we've got a God who is over everything. Our natural understanding, we can go, but why? Why this? Why that? No, no, no. In James 1, it actually says, count it all joy when you suffer trials of many kind, because we know that the testing of our faith produces perseverance, and perseverance goes on to produce um, a stability in us where we do not lack any good thing, that we're able to do everything. And then it says, if any of us lack wisdom, just ask for it. If you don't understand what's going on at the moment, ask the Holy Spirit. If you're concerned about what's happening in the planet and what's happening in the economy and what's going on, just ask the Holy Spirit. The reason that we're going to have a prophetic activation night or afternoon and then we're going to do a soak night with Steve McCracken and Sally McCracken is because we want to um, retune our ears to the voice of the Spirit. We want to retune our tongues to to the proclamation of God's goodness to build up, strengthen, and encourage one another. And um, it's not, you know, a thing where, when I was growing up, it was, thus saith the Lord. People really liked that. Thus saith the Lord. And they'd come out with these prophecies. But you know what? A prophecy can just be, do you know what? You do a great job in this. Encourage somebody. Build them up. Strengthen them. So we'll just be naturally asking God to give us a word for somebody on the, during that time. Steve's going to do a little bit of teaching. And then we're going to release it. But that night during our soak, we're going to have times where we just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And this is going to be a little step, a little step. It might feel like a big one, but it'll just be a little step of being obedient. 
Because whenever I'm obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit, he talks to me more. And I think, are you talking to me more or, or am I just listening more? Whichever way it is, do it. I want more of that. I want more of that. And the Word of God says to eagerly desire to prophesy. Yeah. So it may not be something that you've desired before, but, but just pray about it this week. And if you haven't got a desire, may, maybe ask for a desire to be able to prophesy, to, to speak into someone else's life and encourage them and, and speak into them what God sees in them, which is what prophecy really is. It's speaking into someone yeah. how the Father sees them and the hope that he has for them. So um, it's something that we can all desire and it's available to everyone. Yeah. Otherwise, the word of God wouldn't say eagerly desire it. So it's just going to be um, a two-hour session where that can be activated in you and where you can learn how to lean in and listen to the Holy Spirit so that you can encourage someone else. So I really, I really encourage you to desire that because, as Stephen said, it's, it's our job to see you equipped so we want to make more opportunities this year and moving forward to see the body equipped for the work of the ministry. Build up. Strong. Because if we're not doing that, then we're not doing our job. So when we have a, a prophetic ministry come, we, we don't just want them to minister to you. We want them to equip you to minister yeah, so to good. others. And when we have an evangelist come, we don't just want them to minister to you. We want them to equip you to share your faith with others. Mm. And, yeah, so that's um, what the Holy Spirit has really been putting on our heart, that it's time to equip the church for the work of the ministry because we're, we all have a call, we all have a purpose to minister to others, not just to be ministered to. So that's, that's why we're, we're doing this prophetic activation on the 30th. And, and to be honest, like, um, you know, some of you know that we've, got our plans in for our new building, our new auditorium, and we've, we're, it's, we've had some resistance and some things going on there, and I was working really hard, like it was filling up a lot of my time, I was, yeah, won't go into that, but it, I, I started, I was praying about it, I'm going, God, why isn't this happening, why, why are we just hitting our head against the wall here? And this was the beginning of this at the end of last year. And, and God just says, if you don't have enough people to look after this building in cleaning it, in maintaining it, um, in, in looking after this building, how can I give you another one? Because you won't have enough to look after that building and this building at the same time. This is a correction that I felt, and I'm like, wow, okay. And then the whole thing is, if, if you lack workers for the harvest, ask the Lord of the harvest for workers. So we, we need all these areas. We need people to look after our rec ministry. You know, we need people to help look after the building here. We need, we need people, and it's not, oh, we could pay someone to do it. Like, we're doing up our foyer at the moment, and some people have said, why don't you just pay someone to do it? I'm like, I'm trying to bring people together. This is what I've got in my heart, to bring people together to work side by side, because it's not a hard job. It's a really easy job. And you might go, but I'm not a builder or anything like that. Can you hand someone a, a battery drill? Can you hand someone a screw? Can you hand somebody a piece of you know, plywood? Yes, anyone can do that. I can. Um, so 
What I'm saying is it's the little things. If you're faithful in the little things, then it's not just God releases us big things, but it's just that we appreciate little things more. We're thankful for those things. And then God just bang, makes things happen. Um, In Ephesians 4, it says that these things are done so that we will grow up in love, that that we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. Romans 12, 9 says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. These are all little things. You might think, oh, but no, no, that's a big thing that I need to do. No, get the big thing out of your head and just do the little thing. Because that's all we need to do. It's just the little things. If we're faithful in the little things, God takes care of the big things. The next verse, verse 12, is my wife's favorite verse. We've got this written beautifully on a big poster at home and it's framed. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Joy, patient, faithful, joy, patient, faithful. These are little things, but they are powerful envoys of heaven. Envoys of heaven. They carry such authority with them. So right now, we're just going to talk about some very simple things. I'm, we're praying that what we say, you will get more out of. The basic things that we speak, that the Holy Spirit is right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would teach us like no one else can. We just release your anointing here over every life, over every marriage, over every family, every teenager, young adult, child. Speak, Holy Spirit. We are listening. For them that have an ear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. Joy, patience. Faithfulness. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These are all fruit of the Spirit. Fruit that just, you know, like my dad used to say, an apple tree doesn't have to sit there going, got to produce an apple. It just does it. We don't have to sit there going, got to produce love. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And the more that you're in tune with the Spirit, these things come out. But today we want to talk about joy, patient, faithful. 1 Kings 17. Great story of Elijah. Yeah. Elijah. 1 Kings 17 picks up where... Elijah has has been hiding out in the desert. Run away from Jezebel. He's he's run away from Jezebel. He he did the whole things with thing with the prophet of Baal and um, so knocked now, them all off. Now he's having time out. God sends the ravens to feed him, and there's a brook that he drinks from. But eventually, because there's a drought, the brook dries up. So God instructs him to go to this town where he will find a widow and and God says, I've already spoken to her about taking care of you. So if if we take it up in 1 Kings 17 verse 10, if you've got your Bibles with you, it says, So he went down to Zephath 
where he came to the town gate and a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called, and bring me please a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. All I have is a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And I'm gathering a few sticks to take home to make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make me a small cake of bread and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. And I don't know if you've ever read this and thought, why, why, the, why the poor widow that was on her last meal? <laughs> like, it seems a bit audacious of Elijah to go up to this poor woman who, who has a son to feed and say, can you prepare some bread for me because I'm hungry? Have you ever thought that? That, that why pick on the poor widow? There must have been someone more well-off in that town that could have provided for Elijah but God had chosen the widow and he, and he had requested of her to look after Elijah. And what, what that request was, was a blessing in disguise mm. because God had chosen her to bless her. And I, I don't know whether you've ever been in a season in your life where you feel like you're drained You've, you've, you're at the end of your resources, you've got nothing more to Come give on. and then God asks you, will you just do this little thing for me? And you think, but God, I've, I've got nothing more to give and he says, just trust me with that one last little bit of oil. Just trust me with that and see what I will do with it because yep. what seems like a request from God for us in a difficult time is often he's actually putting his hand on us and saying, if you will trust me just one more time, I've chosen to bless you. Mm. I've chosen to bless you through this. And if you will give me just this little one thing that I'm asking of you, I will bring so much increase into your life that, that you won't be able to, that you could never imagine. But, it, but it's usually at the time where we feel like we don't have much to give or it's often at the time where we feel like we don't have much to give or we, or we look at what someone else has and we compare and we think my, my small thing that I can bring to God is not worth much. But, he, but it's not so much what we're giving to him, it's the heart behind, it's that heart Very of faith, good. it's that heart of trust that's what he that's what he wants from us because with that little bit of faith he can he can do so much mm. he can do so much and i've been thinking about all all through scripture there were so many people that that gave god something before they saw anything in return like abraham before he became the father of a nation 
he gave God his barren marriage and said, God, I don't know if anything can come of this, but I trust you with this. And before Moses became the leader of Israel, he gave God a stutter and a staff. And that's that's all he had, yeah? Mm. Sometimes you feel like all you've got is something that God can't do much with, but you say, hey, God, it's yours. Mm. Like whatever I have to give, it's yours. Take it and do something with it. Very good. And God never lets us down. He never puts us to shame. When we surrender something precious to him, he always comes through for us. He always puts his hand on that thing. Like Hannah before, she became the mother of a great prophet. She gave God her small son and she dedicated him to God. And the little boy, he dedicated the five loaves and the two fish. And then he saw an amazing miracle. And before, before Jesus commended that little widow, she gave her might. She gave her very last might. And Jesus pointed her out and said, that's great faith. Mm. And sometimes we feel like we, we don't have much to bring him. But he looks on that gift and he looks at our heart and he says, that's great faith. I can do something with that. I can do something with that. So what, what we want to challenge you this year is what is the small thing? Or little things. What is the little thing that the Holy Spirit is prompting you to, to surrender to him? Mm. Because sometimes we think if it's not some grand gesture, if it's not some great thing, then we don't have anything to give him and so we don't give him anything. But what if he's just asking you for something small, just one thing, just one thing this year that you can entrust to him that he can take and use for his glory. So seek, seek him about that, pray into that. What is that one small thing that you can be faithful in that could be the beginning of a brand new season for you? Yes. Because this widow thought it was the end. She thought that one handful of flour was the end for her and God took it and said, no, in fact, it's a brand new beginning. Because you gave it to me, it's going to be a brand new beginning Mm. for you. So what you think might be the end of your strength, the end of your season, the end of something, when you release it to God, come on, guys. Yeah. When you release it to God, he can take it and it can be something brand new. It can be something amazing. It can be a brand new season for you if you will just trust him Mm. with that one small thing. So ask him what it is. Ask him what it is because... He's, he's given us this word for all of us Yeah. this year for a purpose. Little things. So ask him what, what it is in your life, what the little thing is that you need to entrust him with. And, and not just Elijah, but Elisha also had an encounter with a widow who she, all she had was a little bit of flour. Oh, no, no, a little bit of oil, sorry. A little bit of oil. And... Um, and she looked after him and, and he said, go and get all your pots, borrow them from your neighbours because you're going to go home and you're going to start pouring out that oil and it's, it's going to, you're going to fill everything. And, 
And it happened. That's talking about the Holy Spirit there. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. Oil represents the Holy Spirit when we see that. And what is in the natural is also in the supernatural. And that's why the example, the metaphor is there for us to grab hold of. C.S. Lewis writes a book on, called Miracles, I think it is, or Miraculous. I think it's just Miracles. But he talks about being naturalists, and which is back then in his time was scientific. That, that were the, naturalism was the, the perspective of everything to do with the cosmos, the, the world and the universe and everything. Being able to study that was naturalism. But then there's supernaturalism that goes beyond the natural, that a lot of naturalists don't want to, people that are just focused on the natural don't want to, they just go, no, 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 that's just, it, it doesn't exist. Do you know that even Einstein had this thing called spooky science? He could not work it out. He couldn't put a theory to it. But it was a part of naturalism that was supernatural. And he couldn't put it to We are called not to live according to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind with the word of God so that we'd be able to know what the will of God is. That is the supernatural. Jesus said, blessed are you, Peter, because you've got this from God. And on this revelation, I'm going to build my church that not even the gates of hell can stand against it. Uh, this, is, this is a promise given to the whole church, the church now, the ecclesia of us gathering together, whether we've been able to do it in numbers physically or just do it online. And I just commend everyone that, that watched the live stream and joined with us during that time because something happened powerfully by us still being the ecclesia in spirit, in the supernatural realm, even though we couldn't do it in the natural realm. And then Jesus goes on to say, and I will give to you the keys of the kingdom. These are little keys. We think that they're big keys. They're little keys. In Matthew 5, 6, 7, these are some of my favorite verses. I know I talked about them all last year. Matthew 5, 6 and 7, Jesus said, I didn't come to put an end to the law, but to fulfill the law. And he starts teaching. You think don't murder is a big thing. He says, I'm telling you, the little thing is don't even have high hatred in your heart or anger in your heart to somebody else. You know, and he, he talks about so many things there. And it goes on to do good to people, you know, to bless people. And um, we think, oh, yeah, well, one day I'll do that. When you give, when you fast, when you pray, oh, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll make time every day to pray and I'll get down and I'll sit down with my Bible. Do you know what? We... Unless we, we make time, we never get time. But you don't even have to make a time to sit down because we might be time poor. I want to encourage you when you're driving in your car. Who drives a car? Most of us. When you're driving in your car, pray. When you're driving in your car, hook your smartphone on and put the Bible app on and let it speak to you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. You can grow in your faith. These are little things. I'm challenging, what are those little things? Instead of putting on your favourite rock station or your favourite podcast or whatever, listen to the Word of God. God's challenging us this year in the little things, little things, but they are going to have a huge impact on your life. When you pray, when you fast, when you give, not if you give, if you fast, if you pray, when. These are all 
parts of our existence together as the body of Christ. These are staples in our existence. And it's not just pray for ourselves. Pray, please, God, help me through the day. Please, God, fix this issue. Please, God, do this. No, thank him. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayers and petitions, with thanksgiving. Thank God for what he's done in your life. Thank you, God, I've made it to today. A lot of people didn't. A lot of people aren't here this year. A lot of people have moved on, been gloriously promoted. Some of them not so gloriously, but some, we are here. If you've got nothing else to thank God for, thank him that you still have breath in your lungs, that you're still alive today, because it's better to be a live dog than a dead lion. Live dog instead of a dead lion. Thank you, Sam. (laughs) Bobbin, thank you so much. (laughs) Last week he told me that scripture and I'm going, where is that? And he showed it to me and I'm like, I should have read that. Somewhere along the line, but you know when you read something and it, and it just washes over you? Listen to the word this year. I encourage you, if you do this this year, you might say, but I don't have time to read through the Bible in the year. If you put it in your car while you're driving, especially those that live in Melbourne, because you get more time to do it, and put it on double time, you'll get through your Bible probably four or five times this year. You might say, that's impossible. There's nothing impossible. Come on, nothing is impossible with God, with a word from God. This is a word from God. Being faithful with those little things is going to produce a harvest. We're all into sowing, sowing and reaping. I've dropped the seed. Sow a little thing, reap a big thing. So many of us want to just get the big thing without actually sowing the little things. God wants us to get back to the basics of sowing little things in our life so that he can release the big harvest in our life. I'm encouraged. I remember one of the um, statements that we were saying a lot a few years ago was, a long obedience in the same direction produces results. Oh, yeah. Does anyone remember that? Yeah. A long obedience in the same direction produces results. So a great life is made up of a lot of decisions to obey God over a long time. You know, it's not the one big thing. It's a lot of decisions to say, yes, God, yes, God, yes, Holy Spirit, yes, Holy Spirit, yes, Holy Spirit. Mm. Over a long period of time, a lot of little choices, a lot of little yeses, a lot of of little listenings produces results over a period of time. It's, the, it's that endurance factor. It's that constant obedience. It's mm. all those little acts of obedience yeah. that add up over time to produce a great life of serving God. Yeah. Vince Lombardi, who was a very successful um, football coach in America and a very successful leader of men and a profound quota of his quotes are just so amazing when I was 21 one of my school teachers that I she gave me um, a book called the pursuit of excellence now this book only had one quote on each page this book was so influential in my life hearing these great quotes and some of them were were Christian quotes some of them were just business quotes you know like the harder I work the the luckier I get 
A lot of people say, you're lucky, and it's like, well, I've had to be obedient, and I've had to do the little things to get to this place here. But Vince Lombardi said the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is just the little extra. Just the little extra. You might think, I'm at this point where I don't have any more to give. This widow said, I don't have any more to give. We're just going to take what I do have, and after we've eaten... We're going to die. Is that the choice? And he said, no, you're not going to die. If you're obedient to this word, your flour won't run out. Your oil won't dry up. God will provide until rain falls from heaven again. So this is the promise given to us because he's the same God yesterday, today and forever. And if he did it for that little widow, then he can do it for us. It's the same God. He's doing it He wants to do a brand new thing in your world, in your life this year. Can we pray for you? We're just going to finish up now. We're only a few minutes over. Did that seem like we were just rambling on or went quick, didn't it? Father, I just thank you for your promises. They are yes and amen. All your promises, you've been faithful right throughout history. Generation after generation, you've been faithful to those who commit their hearts and and desire you. So Father, right now, we speak the promises of God, those promises to bless and not curse, to do good for, to give hope and a future. Father, thank you for your awesome promises. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness in the past that each of us are here by your design, that we are here by your grace, by your unmerited favour, but by also your empowerment. So right now, Father, I speak an extra portion of grace over each family, over each marriage, over each individual. Father, I thank you for favour and blessing over households represented here, over individuals represented here. Wherever we're from, wherever we're going, you are with us. And he who is for us is greater than he who is against us. What a great promise. Father, I thank you that if we just give that little extra, you change our ordinary, mediocre existence into an extraordinary, supernaturally empowered, heaven-open existence. Open, Open heaven right now. Open heaven right now. I speak open heaven. Ears to hear, eyes to see. May eyes not be too confused by what's in front of them. They won't see the little blessings that you have given us. I want to remind you guys just of that word at the start. If you're still looking back, thinking, oh, the good old days were back then. Oh, but this hasn't happened. That hasn't happened. Look forward. Look forward. Lift your eyes, lift your eyes, lift your vision higher, lift your perspective higher. He who has begun a good work in you will carry it through to the day of completion. Father, I thank you for your blessing on each household. I thank you for the healing that is taking place right now. That transforming miraculous signs and wonders. Oh, resurrection, life, power in bodies. Oh, thank you for healings this year. Thank you for signs and wonders this year. Thank you for miraculous provision this year. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God. You are so good.
You are so good. And we unite together right now and say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May He cause His face to shine upon you. May He be with you in your going out, your coming in, your laying down, your rising up. May He cause His countenance to shine upon you and give you shalom, peace. In the mighty name of Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Christ, the Lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world for all mankind and the releaser of the heavens, Spirit, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Thank You, Holy Spirit. May the communion of the Holy Spirit go with each person today. Amen. If you receive that, amen. Let's thank God for it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.